You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. The show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. Today is Tuesday, and that means it is Twitter Tuesday. We're taking your questions. You guys have a whole bunch of burning thoughts, and I want to come address all of them, as many of them as I can get to, at least. First, let me tell you about the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Took a little hiatus there, but it is back. It is a daily draft podcast, just like this one, but about the NFL Draft. So if you're ready to give up and look on onward to uh, 2022 after this show, go check out that one. They've got you you know, getting prepared for all of the new rookies coming in in 2022. Sam Howell and Spencer Rattler and all those all, all the rest of the exciting people that you can dream about while you watch the Vikings rip your soul into pieces, which is what we are going to start with. Uh, obviously, you can send me a question anytime. Usually, I ask for them on Mondays. You can send them to me on Twitter, LukeBronNFL or at LockedOnVikings. Just at me or message me. You can uh, send an email to LockedOnVikingsPodcast at gmail.com. There's a Google form in the show notes if you prefer that, or you can leave a YouTube comment if you're watching on YouTube. The first one comes from Hank Jassett, who says, why? Like, in general, (laughs) which is a good question, buddy, Uh, because, well, you know what you did. It's because of your sins, personally, Hank. Kyle says, I don't get how our defense is bad. Our D-line seems like they're balling. Am I crazy? Help me understand this. So I think, um, and the next question is kind of to a similar effect. I think the game plan was really good. And I'm going to go way more in depth when I can see the tape on this um, and like really kind of draw out what I mean here. But the bread and butter of the Arizona Cardinals is option plays like read option and stuff and RPOs, both plays that read after the snap and they run tempo. So their whole idea is to basically uh, no huddle all the time, run a tempo thing, get the defense off guard and then read whatever they do after the snap so that uh, they basically are kind of left constantly wondering what's going to come out of it. It's a very good way to kind of keep everybody on their heels. Um, and the Vikings did a really good job against that particular stuff. And then Kyler Murray made an insane play anyways. So every single play, you kind of look at it and you go, well, I don't know if we can really blame the Vikings for that one. And then you blink and the Vi- and the Cardinals have scored 34 points, but you didn't feel like there were that many plays where they just messed up. You know, there was Rashad Breeland had a couple of bad ones, some missed tackles and stuff and some things you can be frustrated with. And we'll make those critiques. Um, but like all in all. So much of the Cardinals production came on just ridiculous plays that seemed indefensible. So you don't it doesn't feel like they were as bad as, you know, the stats are going to say that they were. And I think that that's a good thing to keep in mind. Um, Similarly, Joe Talent says, so I'm watching all these teams run a run pass option. Seems to me against those teams, you either need to bring safeties down to the line to cover uh, the back or spread linebackers to line to the line to not let them get washed out in the play like they are. Is it a lack of corners that can play man that keep this defense from working or have teams just not uh, drafted enough guys to solve it yet. So yeah, I think these like option offenses work. um, And I think they work for two reasons. A, yeah, you kind of identified it. It puts you in a little bit of a Sophie's choice. You either have to kind of spread out your whole defense and then that just opens you up to runs up the middle. um, Or you have to start, you know, putting a safety in the box, which has its costs and stuff like that. Like to, to reliably defend it, you have to do something that costs you something somewhere else. And they can all kind of always go at the spot you vacate. 
Um, but also, these option offenses are run by unbelievably talented quarterbacks. They have to be. You can't run the offense if your quarterback is, you know, Peyton Manning or Tom Brady. Those guys don't have the wheels. Um, so it needs to be Kyler Murray and Josh Allen and, uh, you know, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. It needs to be those guys. And you can run the option. And then a quarterback run by those guys or a, a, an offense run by those quarterbacks is going to be really good. Um, so I think that's why. But again, I think the Vikings did a really good job of being sound and basically just kind of figuring out, OK, you have that guy, you have that guy. And the option plays did not work at all. And a lot of them were broken plays that Kyler Murray then had to run around and create something. And the fact that he did doesn't really reflect on the game plan. Coach D says, why don't teams draft the best college kickers in the mid rounds? of the draft. Kickers make a huge difference in football games. I feel like a fourth round pick at in the best college kicker makes more sense than a fringe roster player with serious question marks. Most late round picks don't even make the team. Um, so late round picks, I, they're about a 50, 50 proposition. Yeah. Um, kickers I think are worse than that. And that's, that's why. So think about it this way. And I've, I've been a never draft kickers guy for a while. And th think about it this way. You're evaluating a kicker on their college career. Mostly, right? You're at, you're saying, Okay, you made this many of your kicks. Here's how you looked on those kicks. You watch those kicks, evaluate those kicks. How many kicks is that? Uh, that's what, 130, 120 kicks, something like that in a college career. Um, that's usually about what it is. A lot of times we compare kicking to golf. Um, and, and I think that's actually really apt because golf, a golf swing like a kick is technique based. You even Greg Joseph went in front of the media and he even said, you know, I didn't keep my head down and I didn't get my hips turned. Like, it sounds like he was talking about a drive that sailed right. And the mechanics, like biomechanically, it's really similar too. you're trying to torque your, your body and you're trying to kind of use the um, like the lower part of your body and the upper part of your body to kind of turn against each other to maximize power. Um, so kicking a golf really, really similar. So imagine if you were evaluating a golfer, you were putting together a professional golf team or something. Um, and you needed to figure out who the best golfer was. And you had 130 shots to evaluate. That's like two rounds. You got half of a weekend of golf to evaluate that guy on. You're going to have a hard time coming up with a good prediction on that, right? And so I think we do the same thing with kickers. So I don't like spending draft picks on that. And if you look at the actual kick, like the kickers that work out are just as often undrafted as they are drafted, even adjusting for the proportionality of it. You know, there's more undrafted kickers than drafted ones just by volume. Even after adjusting that, undrafted kickers do better than drafted ones. I think kicking is just such a mental thing. Your draft pick pedigree gets in your head. I, I think this is a real thing with the Vikings. The history of Vikings and kicking gets in your head. And nobody's like perfectly resilient to that. You're, we're humans. You just can't be. I got a lot more questions that I want to answer here. So I want to get through them all. But first, let me talk to you about Gramblin at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action. You can get more odds, props, and contests than anywhere else. With a new updated site and interface, betonline.ag is the number one source for everything football. Head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up and using the promo code NFL100 from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. They're going to keep coming. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sports book experts. All right, moving on with the mailbag. This next one comes from Joel, who says, who's getting fired first, Zimmer or Spielman? Uh, there was a ton of questions about like hot seat and how hot is the seat and stuff like that. I think 
for the Wilfs, so the Wilfs are incredibly patient. They want to be like the Steelers. They don't want to, you know, be firing guys like kind of on a whim. They don't want to make decisions in the emotional wake of a game, right? Which means if they are going to make this decision, it's going to be at the bye. That's at least the way I read the Wilfs. Um, and they are going to be particularly reticent to get rid of the coach. Obviously, it was, it means Zimmer's in his eighth year, despite some of those years not going well. They don't exactly do this on a knee jerk. Um, so I think if if we get either of those guys fired, it would be during the buy. If they go into the buy like one and five or, you know, even if they go in like two and four or something like that, um, you know, you're coming in to that buy coming off of games against Carolina and Detroit. And I think if you look bad in those games, you know, if things are really poor, you know, you lose those games. If you get killed by Carolina, if you can't beat Detroit, um, then I think, you know, that then we have that conversation. Um, so that's kind of my target and time. Uh, as for who goes first, those two guys are attached at the hip. All the reporting that we have out of TCO, out of, out of the, the Vikings organization, is that if one goes, the other goes. They're not going to fire one of Zimmer or Spielman and keep the other. Uh, they'll just clean it all out and, and get a new GM-coach combo um, that, you know, hopefully will have just as much chemistry together and stuff. So that would they're, they're a simultaneous thing. It'll be the same Adam Schefter tweet. Uh, Forrester asks, is Clint cool? <laughs> why or why not? Spelling cool with a K. Um, I thought Clint was pretty cool. Again, I want to watch the All-22, uh, thanks to Game Pass. I don't have it, um, but we'll talk a little bit more about that tomorrow, um, hopefully, if I can get the, my hands on the coach's tape. But uh, it seemed like he did some pretty cool stuff. I know people are like really mad about the offense being predictable or something. The offense was awesome. Like it seemed really cool. And here's the thing. I, I, I think we very too often, I say this every time somebody asks about the offensive coordinator, run pass ratio is not scheme. Play action percentage is not scheme. I'm talking about spacing. I'm talking about the way that they set up deception. I'm talking about the actual quality of the offense, not the quantity of which plays they called how many times. Uh, qualify it, don't quantify it, and you can really start to find some cool stuff that Clint Kubiak is doing. I really, really like what he's been doing here. He ran, you know, I mean, he ran split back gun, which is like the new wave. I mean, it's very cutting edge stuff. Um, and, and I think he ran a trap play out of that, which is a really cool run play that, that can basically, uh, invite JJ Watt into the backfield and then make him wrong about that and kind of sort JJ Watt out of the play. There's a lot of really cool stuff. I want to spend a lot of time talking about it if I can, um, but I got to see the tape to make sure that I knew what I was looking at and I thought I was actually right about that. But from what it looked like, it, it looked like a really cool offense. Uh, Nemox says, why did we not go for two after the Nick Vigil pick six? Which chart is Zimmer using? Um, so I think... I, I probably would have if I were the coach, like I would have if it were my Madden game. Um, but I don't think coaches usually start thinking about the end score or the state of the score of like, well, it's a field goal game or it's a tie or whatever. They just don't think about that until at least the fourth quarter. So that was the first like two plays of the third quarter. They had an entire half left. Um, and yeah, usually so usually if you go for two after that one you could tie the game up and if you go for two and you don't get it you're only down two uh instead of down one and functionally that's the same thing but if then carolina or if uh the cardinals i'll keep saying that if arizona goes down and scores a touchdown um and you're down two you now cannot tie the game up so if you're worried about giving up a touchdown and there's a whole half left like that is a fairly uh, reasonable scenario to like try to play around. So with that much time left, the scenarios are a lot more complicated. So I think it's more defensible to take a, a an extra point. Though if I were in charge, I would have done it. But I definitely don't think it's unreasonable the other way. Um, Vikings disappointment enthusiast 
says, how can the Vikings continue to get chaotic Kirk going or is regression to game manager written in stone? Um, so all regressions with Kirk Cousins are written in stone. Though The one consistent rule of Kirk Cousins is that he's never the same guy week to week. That's kind of the whole problem of him. Um, but that chaos might continue to get dialed up. And and it, the, the worst Kirk Cousins games are the one where the chaos dials too far, right? There was a perfect amount of chaos in this Arizona game. Breaking pockets, scrambling around, doing some weird stuff, but no strip sacks. There was one fumble, bounced right back to him. Um, you know, he harnessed the chaos. He had a coverage bust that he could, you know, go get a big 60-plus yard touchdown on. He harnessed the chaos. But if you get too much chaos, that's when you get, like, the Josh Allen hurtling the Anthony Barr Bills game. Um, obviously that's not on Kirk, but you know, there are like two strip sacks in that one. You get fumbles, the Atlanta game where he threw three interceptions in the first half. That's too much chaos. And I feel like maybe we have to go there and then it dials all the way back to, to, to conserve a Kirk, which is what we saw in the preseason. Then you get back to the good stuff, uh, later, but that's the, the cycle, the life cycle of Kirk Cousins <laughs> as described by chaos. Uh, Skull Cole asks, how I know many, including some, are encouraged by many facets of this game on Sunday. Do you think a loss like that can affect the team like Seattle, like the Seattle game last year, though? I wonder if coming that close two weeks in a row leads to an emotional letdown, even in the home opener. Yeah, last year they had two one-point losses in three games, and uh, the win that they had, so they had the, they lost to the Titans by a point. They beat the Texans by a score, and then they lost to the Seahawks by a point, and both of those losses were huge, huge heartbreakers, and the young team absolutely could not handle that, and they came out so flat in the game after that, which was Atlanta, and they got blown out by an, an, a winless Atlanta team. It was just an embarrassing disaster. I thought Zimmer was going to get fired then, by the way. Uh, that was a bad one, a, a real bitter taste to go into the bye week with, but yeah, so that was um, that was really rough. I think this team maybe has a little more veteran leadership than that one did. You know, Patrick Peterson has been around the block. He's been on some bad Cardinals teams. He's been on, you know, he's lost some and had to bounce back from some losses before Everson Griffin. Um, you know, obviously Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook still there. The the veteran leadership, though, I think is a little bit better. Um, and hopefully that will help. But yeah, it still is like more young than old. So that could totally be something that like, gets in people's way uh i have a few more that i want to get to but first let me talk to you about the way you watch tv let's say you're watching the game you have one device doing that maybe somebody else is watching tv they have their other device uh you've got highlights on your phone and you've got a bunch of logins to all the different streaming services and everything is kind of a big mess let me consolidate that for you with a service called DirecTV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no million logins, no million devices. You never have to buy another device ever again. And the best part, no annual contract. You can get rid of the clutter and all the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. I also want to talk to you about the best tasting protein bar on the planet. It is Built Bar. Built Bar covered in 100% chocolate comes in nine delicious flavors most of the time. And there's some other ones that get tacked on there every once in a while as well. If you go to the website built.com, among those flavors, chocolate cherry, chocolate peanut butter, cookies and cream, coconut if you're a coconut person, chocolate orange if you're into that, whatever. I recommend the sampler box. It's two of each of their nine flavors. You can try and see what you like. Whatever you buy, though, you can go to built.com and buy and use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and get 15% off of your next order. They're high in protein, low calorie, low carb, high fiber. They are a cheat day without actually having a cheat day. It's delicious. So head on over to built.com, enter promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off of your next order. Once again, that is built.com. 
All right, let's keep going with the mailbag. Last part here. Tim Trainer says, would you agree that the Vikings are better than what seemingly most of the fans perceive them to be? Um, I, I kind of have been since like March. Um, people were really, really down on the Vikings, like all off season. I never really agreed. I still don't agree. And it's, but it's like, who cares, right? They're 0 2. You can't get those wins back, those wins back. And, and, you know, you put a moral victory in one hand and a dollar in the other hand, you got a dollar, right? Um, so that is not going to take you very far. But if I'm to predict games, I don't, I'm not predicting these guys to go toe to toe with all the other 0 and 2. You know, I'm not going toe to toe with, uh, Detroit, if they end up 0-2, I'm recording this before Monday Night Football. Um, that'd be fun if they beat the Packers, wouldn't it? <laughs> I think the Vikings, I mean, I, I think Zimmer's right. They are two plays away from being 2-0. And that means that they're two plays short of being 2-0. And they probably should have been done better against uh, Arizona and, and Cincinnati. Um, those are two teams that a playoff team should be able to go toe-to-toe. I mean, I don't know, Cardinals seem a lot better than we thought preseason. But you should be able to beat Cincinnati. And they couldn't. And that's disappointing. Um and I think they've got a lot of problems they need to solve. But I also, I don't know, I I get really bored immediately when you start going with the overall, I, where should they be in the power ranking, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. I want to talk about how they defended the option. I want to talk about who blew the coverage. I want to talk about what happened, how they can fix it. And then I want to talk about, you know, what they should game plan for Cincinnati. I like saying, you know, if I were in the room, what would I say? And if I were in the room, I probably wouldn't say, well, we're doomed. I'm going to go simulate the season and turn the TV off and do something else with my Sundays now. Bye. That's not what you would say in the room, right? And the games have to be played whether you like it or not. Uh, Jeff McNamee says, I want to go for it at all times outside the 25, now and forever. Say it to the GM before you're hired so it's the philosophy from the start and you're measured against it. This is common in college football. Why not NFL? Um, So this is a really interesting question because usually the reason that you can't go for fourth down every single time is because you'll get fired in the backlash whenever it doesn't go your way. Even if it's the right decision, everybody's going to be results-oriented about it. Um, That's just reality. That's how everybody's doing this around Mike Zimmer in this game. They're asking him to do absolutely obscene and ridiculous things because the right decision didn't work out. So yeah, say you and the GM, you know, you're the head coach and you you agree with the GM and you agree with the owner that says, hey, I'm going to go for it on fourth down every time. That's the philosophy. It's not going to work out sometimes and you're not going to fire me over it. And they shake hands and they say, yeah, deal. Um, a, you can't put that in a contract, right? You can only ever shake hands on that. So well, when there's a gigantic media backlash because you went for it on a fourth and two, you shouldn't have gone for it and you lost the game because of it. Uh, good luck with your handshake. But also, I think there's just a lot of like cultural factors in the NFL. The NFL culture is not a normal culture. Like that's it's not a normal workplace. It's not a normal office. It it is extremely uh, pressured from the outside. There's all this media pressure, fan pressure. There's people just staking their whole souls on what you decide to do in your workday. That makes it different. And I think there's a lot of holdovers from old culture and stuff. I mean, you just get into an NFL team and it just it works different. And I we wish it didn't work different. You know, there's problems of nepotism and problems of racial bias and stuff and all these things that come from NFL culture. And like aversion to change is one of those things that just exists. I'm sorry, it does. And I wish it didn't. Why can't it? I don't know. You get you get 200 people to all change their minds about something they believed for 40 years and you get to be president, you know, like it's there's nothing you can really do about it. Um, I love hashtag never kick. A couple other people are like, why don't we why why do we roster a kicker? Um, I, I would love that. Just never go for a kick at all ever. I think that's really cool. Um, but obviously, I mean, there are fourth and 19s, right? You have to eventually. And if you're going to kick on those, you might as well, you know, try to pick your spots best you can. And we can talk about that philosophy a lot. Chris asks, is KJ Osborne the new Jarius Wright? Um, 
no, I think he's cooler. Okay, Jarius Wright was awesome, right? He was a very, such a reliable, dependable third guy. Well, actually, I don't know, because KJ Osborne has converted a couple on these slants, so maybe he is like the more reliable type. But I feel like the Vikings have very reliable third down receivers in Thielen and Jefferson um, that aren't, you know, with, with the Jarius Wright. And you had like Percy Harvin uh, in that same year, that 2012 year, Jarius Wright's rookie year. Um, and you had like... Jarius Wright and also like Mike Wallace or Greg Jennings, you know, these like kind of weird reclamation projects. And then you had this like kind of dependable, always there guy in Jarius Wright. And I feel like KJ Osborne occupies a little bit of a different role, but he is kind of the dependable wide receiver three if he's going to keep converting these third and fourth downs on slant. So sure. Dean Fuentes says, how much money do the bunnies owe the bookie? Um, ah, ooh, can't say that. I'll get my legs broken. Goggles says, am I allowed to cry and punch a hole in my wall yet? Um, I would advise against punching a hole in your wall, but it's always okay to cry. Skolator says, if you were custom building the next head coach of the Vikings, which of Zimmer's traits would you add? Like defensive creativity and which would you discard? Like lack of aggressiveness. Um, so I would audit your idea of Mike Zimmer's aggressiveness. I think whenever the Vikings do something conservative, it's on Zimmer. Whenever they do something aggressive, it's really cool that Kirk did that, or it's really cool that Clint Kubiak did that, and he never gets that same credit. So I would audit that idea. I, they're probably more aggressive than you think if you really took an unbiased look at it. Um, but, okay, so here's what I would take for Zimmer. I would uh, discard his challenges. He's not very good at challenges. I would discard, I would probably want to amp up the fourth down, go for it rate a little bit. Um, it's gotten a little better over the last couple of years. Obviously the, the defensive scheme, the defensive adaptability, the scheme is a chameleon and it can morph into whatever you need it to. That is awesome. The, the man match. Um, I think the general willingness to ask players to do what they're good at on defense is really, really good. Um, I don't think they have that same gene on offense. I think that sucks. And a lot of times that's the offensive guy they, that, you know, they bring in. But if I'm building a head coach, I mean, if I'm building a scratch head coach, I want him to be good at both offense and defense. But nobody has offensive and defensive experience. So either way, I have to leave one side of the ball up to a coordinator. Um, so I guess we'll set that aside. And I would, I would keep his uh, leadership. And his leadership style is very much custom tailored to whoever the player is he'll call a guy out in the media if he thinks it'll help that player uh but he won't he'll stand up for a guy in the media if he thinks that that person wouldn't be able to handle the media scrutiny or if he doesn't think that that would help them be better he just does what he thinks will make the player better even if that means unfair treatment to one guy or another and i kind of agree with that uh last one jason says are you mentally prepared for the chicanery of seahawks vikings no i never can be and i don't think i want to be uh i don't want to think about that game any more than i have to because it will be a disaster it's gonna be so chaotic i'll talk more about it later in the week uh but if there is one team that is more utterly depraved than the vikings it is the seahawks and it's just the two most chaotic teams joining on one field in a home opener for the Vikings, it is almost such a crazy feeling game. Like it has to come down to one point that it's actually going to be like a, a 20 to 10, like super boring, normal game that everybody turns off halfway through. I don't know. We'll talk about that one more later in the week. Tomorrow, I want to get in. I want to follow up on some of the things I said here. I want to get into some of the deeper stuff that happened in this game that I find really interesting. So come hang out for that. A little bit more of a deep dive. Um, if you're not interested in that, you just want to talk about the Seahawks, come down Thursday and Friday. You can, of course, find the show on YouTube. Just search Locked on Vikings. You can find it free on all platforms. I will see you all tomorrow. And as always, Skull.